Welcome to Portrait of a Londoner. In this series, we are switching things up a bit to talk about joy. It's been a long, difficult year for everyone. And as we head into winter, we decided that we would like to have a more positive uh, set of interviews. So this series, we'll be asking people about how they find joy. Hello, uh, I'm Rob Lowe, also known as Super Mundane, and I'm a graphic artist based in Forest Hill, South East London. Rob, welcome to the podcast. And I wanted to start by asking you how you create or curate joy for yourself. Um, so it's it kind of changes, I suppose, depending on what's going on and what time of the year it is. But one of the main things that I do and I found that really made me happy was the outdoor swimming that I do. And I know that's kind of a very popular thing at the moment, but I've been doing it. This is the fourth year that I've been swimming um, in Tootenbet Lido through the year in the cold and everything. And it's something that I'm, I surprised myself that I kept on doing it. And it really does make me very happy, even when it's maybe not on a day like this, which is windy, rainy and cold. But if it's only, it's the wind that's the problem usually. Um, but actually getting into very cold water is surprisingly joyful. What made you think about trying that? It was just that I went with my... Um, one of my neighbours on the street where I live, Havelock Walk, it was, um, we started going swimming there um, four summers ago. And then it gets to October and they close, close it to the public, you have to be a member. And I just didn't want to stop and neither of us wanted to stop. So we just thought, let's let's do it. And then I bored all my friends with it for the whole of the winter because you're swimming in the, every time you go when it gets colder, you're swimming in the coldest water you've ever swum in. Yeah. And it's quite a extreme thing yeah well there's meant to be a lot of health benefits as well like it meant to improve your immune system uh um, I, I don't know about that but it definitely helps your mental health i think it kind of stops you from getting caught up in things because you can't when you it gets literally can't think of anything you else think can anything. you <laughs> and your body goes into a, it's i mean it's a bit weird when you start talking thinking about it and talking about it because it is like your body's going into some sort of survival mode yeah totally and um it's not something you have to you can't really push yourself you have to go up to your limit not really past it because it's dangerous because mm. you've got to get out before you get very very cold but that's i mean it's nothing to do with my artwork or anything but that's yeah, but it's, and so... it's not it's not going into my art at all but uh it is something that was quite life-changing really when i started doing it What's the most joyful part of the process for you with your your art is so joyful I mean when we were thinking about a series on joy you know somebody um, my friend Gemma she probably be listening said to me oh you know you should talk to Super Mundane because his uh, you know his illustrations are just so joyful what's the best part for you in creating something right yeah so I guess um <laughs> I try I mean there's all different reasons for doing my work and it all comes from different places but I am trying to make work that's um, quite generous, I guess. I'm trying to make something that's makes people either feel happier or describe something that they may have thought about. Because not all my work's happy. Like I've done. I've got like a print that says uh, it's called Memo, and it, and it says Memo in big letters, and underneath it says, "To whom it may concern, we are all going to die." Um, yours faithfully, Superman. Eh? And but again, that's just a way of saying something that maybe they don't always think about, but maybe uh, would like to think about. And it's that's what I'm trying to get into my work all the time is that kind of spirit. And then it works on more 
bit more detailed level as well. So it starts off, you can see, I mean, they're, they're very colourful and geometric and there's lots of movement and depth in there. But if you, the more time you spend with them, I think they reveal more over time as well, which is me playing around with space and stuff like that. Have you always incorporated colour and bright colour in what you, what um, you do? So when, when a few years ago, well, at the start of when I was doing stuff, it was all hand-drawn and it was almost all black and white. And it was only when I started to look at my own work and try to, to simplify it that colour became important. And then I just put in... I like to put in all, all the colours. Yeah, all <laughs> like, of it. But, but they, um, I didn't realise myself, but I, I, the reason it works, because there is lots of colours and they're all clashing, um, but they're tonally very similar. So I, it kind of works for that. And the black outline controls everything and gives it, pushes everything into the, their own space. Mm. And I, the same with pattern as well. So I use pattern a lot and it's all clashing. So I just throw as much in there but it still seems to work it's really joyful to look at it is great um just going back to the joy question is yeah. there anything that you have revisited during maybe lockdown and covid times that has brought you joy um i well with my work i've started i started drawing a lot more um and i did find that enjoyable in a way that i was doing these um pencil drawings that were unplanned and and they came about. And then I started going on more walks around here. So I went through the uh, the, the Sydenham and, and Dulwich Woods. So I ended up there. But purely because, and actually for the first three months of lockdown, I probably, I didn't do anything because I couldn't go swimming. And that was a, um, quite a challenge because mm. you were used to doing it all the time. And that, at that time, the on about the water temperature but it was seven degrees so it was very Perfect. well it was very it was very uh physical so when she stopped it you have like a bit of a withdrawal from it because you you are obviously in having endorphins mm. uh produced when you get into those kind of temperatures so it was quite a wrench not to be able to go and then i just probably did what everybody did ate lots and drank a bit too much and... but yes the start of lockdown i did these colouring in um it's colouring in mural really and that was more for my just because I needed something to do and I noticed that because I lived in front of a uh, nursery and that, that was quiet which was uh, unusual <laughs> and then I thought well if they're not there then they're going to be at home so I, thought be, I could do yeah, yeah go and making them the parents go mad rather than me and um so I started this process of doing a page a day, which all, uh, if there's colouring in, it all will fit together. And it wasn't planned and I didn't know what I was going to do, but it, but it, once I started it, I had to finish it. And it was, it basically filled my studio wall so I could have 36 A4 pages. So it was over a month. So it gave me something that I knew I was going to have to do every day. And that gave me a, a good structure to every morning I got up, finished off the, the, um, the page of the day and then people could subscribe to it so then I uh, would email them and maybe write about a little what was going on or what was in the um the, the actual page that day and and that that really gave me quite some structure and I really yeah, it strikes that. me there's quite a lot of altruism coming through in your work because so, yeah so I think I've but it's but like most altruism, it's self-serving, isn't it? So you, you, yeah, I like doing things that are quite nice for 
other people, but then you generally gain from it as well. Yeah, sure. So that was the reason I was doing it was to give give myself some structure. But I think even so, one of my prints and all the all the prints that I put out at that point, they were all old ones, but they all seem to, as with a lot of my work, it changes depending on what's going on around the world. So the meaning changed, and they were all quite nice things, like I think you're wonderful and stuff like that, which people could send to people, mm. and they're only a tenner each, so it was like to boost other people. Yeah, and it was just a nice way of people communicating with each other, and it'd be a nice. Nice thing to get through to post, and it just absolutely. Yeah. And even that comes from the "I think you're wonderful" phrase was originally a badge that I did, which which was like a handwritten felt tip, and people could send me a um, self-addressed stamped envelope, and I would send them for free to anyone. Can we go back a bit and talk a bit about yes. how you got into art in the in the first place? Yeah, so I was basically not very good at anything else, <laughs> and. Or at least not that bothered about other, other things. I was probably not that bad at English, but I didn't have a good uh, English teacher. And I grew up in the Midlands in the late 70s and early 80s. And they didn't really know what to do with you as a if you were creative. They didn't. Nobody told me. I didn't know. I, I trained in graphic design, but I didn't know that existed until just look, really. I went, um, I, I went for a interview doing a YTS like a you know youth training scheme thing and the the guy who interviewed me just said I oh, don't 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 do that if you could do this other course if you can and my parents said I could so I did and that was it really and I just stumbled into it and um You've had quite an interesting journey, though. Can you tell us about you worked? You made lava lamps. Worked for the Ministry of well, Sound. I didn't make, thing, make or just lava lamps. I, just, I, I, I did all the packaging and stuff and the advertising for them. But yeah, that's when I moved to London, which was twenty six years ago now. And uh, yeah, so I worked, worked for a few years for the people who invented the lava lamp, and then yeah, I ended up with Ministry of Sound designing trans album covers, which I have no interest in at all. Um, I designed an alternative children's magazine called Anorak, which is still going, but I don't do it anymore, and a few other magazines. So there's all these things that I've done, and in the background I've always been doing my own stuff, and it's been for the past six years or more. That's all I've done is my my own work and commissions, which are mainly kind of installations and things like that. Part of how I've always lived my life is having it as simple as possible. And then through that simplicity, it gives you the freedom to pick and choose work. If you don't need money, or if you, I mean, everybody needs money, but if you don't need loads of it, then you can always go, I'm not going to do that. And so I have, I do, I do turn down work. Even, even now, I've just turned down a job last week which could have sorted me out for half a year almost but it wasn't right or I didn't want to um, I didn't feel right I think I might be stupid to do that but it's but but that's the thing I think people do panic about these things a lot and and it's easy to but it's generally that people get themselves into positions where they need to make the money and and I think hopefully as part of this all the lockdown or people realize that you can have a pretty simple existence and an enjoyable life without like loads of having to spend loads of money on fancy goods. Well, actually, I think that really probably does tap into being joyful as well because um, I'm very 
guilty of taking on too much and then feeling overwhelmed and that leads to some kind of low level state of panic so it's something that I'm really trying to work on it's like removing things and then you're just less pressured in the time that you do yeah and and you can enjoy the things that you're doing more than if you're going on I've got to rush this and get on to the next thing yeah and also you can I mean it's it's very hard to to not do things as well I think people always feel like what you you know even during this time what you've been doing you've been doing creating and stuff like that and you don't have to do anything no no I think there's something joyful about watching the same movie quite a few times (laughs) what might that movie be (laughs) I can't. <laughs> could possibly say. Oh, it's it's uh, the movie I've seen more than any movie. Disappointingly, is you got mail. Okay, okay. <laughs> the end's rubbish, but they're all rom com ends are rubbish, aren't they? But all the rest of it, I can't. Remember. Oh, that's yeah. nice. <laughs> but um, but it's there's a nice thing about that is because I think people think that it's probably a waste of time watching the same thing over and over again. But it's but it's actually a comforting, mm. nice experience. You just go, I know what's going to happen. Obviously, you know what's going to happen, but um, and then, but why not? <laughs> Although I did, I did watch When Harry Met Sally this uh, week. Yeah, I've not watched that. I've never seen that film. Oh, I've never seen it. No, oh, I've not watched I'm, it for like never. literally over twenty years. I'm I need to. Uh, Nora uh, Ephron fan. Yeah, well, she's she's a great writer. Gee, uh, I saw a cap the other day that says a film by Nora Ephron on it, and I'm going to get that somehow. It's not <laughs> this sold out, but I'm going to get one of those. Yeah, and it's all it's autumn, isn't it? They're always it's always autumn in a, in rom coms. Yeah, true. It's like fall in New York. Yeah, it was like Dulwich. I was in Dulwich Village, and that feels like a English posh, po- posh English rom com. Yeah, true. There's this whole idea of challenging ourselves a lot. I, I noticed when. Um, Everything seems to be a challenge now, <laughs> or, mm. or framed that way. So when I did my this the colouring in, within about halfway through, or I started getting people getting in touch saying, "Oh, have you got? Can I join in the colouring in challenge?" And so I've never called it that. It's never meant to be. Yeah. It's not meant to be. I'm not trying to make you do something that's yeah. hard. It's meant to be fun and just yeah. enjoy it. It's. I know, and I understand why things are framed like that because it's a way of making you feel like you. Accomplishing something. something. Hi, this is Mike. I'm the producer of Portrait of Londoner. While editing, I often like to have a beer, and this episode is sponsored by Brixton Brewery. I'm currently sampling their Cold Harbour Lager, which is a lovely Pilsner-style beer. Thanks to Brixton Brewery for sponsoring this episode. Always drink responsibly. Should we ask a couple of quick-fire joy questions? Okay. Well, you went. You were talking a bit about music. What are you? would you, if we were to say joy in music, what music would spring to mind? Yeah, so a friend of mine, we, we uh, did a sad playlist on Spotify. And it's not the very, I mean, I did have to ask her, how sad do you want to go? Because I've got like, you know, <laughs> crying on the floor sad, or just, just like autumnal, autumnal melancholy, you know. What, <laughs> where are we on the, uh, it, was the it was that one really. But um and then we put, yeah, so you can just share, you, on Spotify, you can just share a uh, playlist, which I didn't know you could do. And that's lovely. And when I put that on, that makes me very happy. Oh, and that's it's just, good. And it's just full of 
I love. Is it public? I love finding people's uh, playlists. Oh, I don't know. On Spotify. Probably not actually. No. So you just mentioned that you made a Spotify sad pl- songs playlist for your friend. <laughs> yes. Is it the working with him and the collaboration that brought you joy, or choosing the songs? Um, there was a girl actually, and oh, sorry. it's all right. <laughs> As girls like sad songs too. <laughs> um, I think it was both. It was. It was really nice to have your the mixture of songs and have you your ones peppered with stuff that you weren't expecting it and actually how nice that the, the way they fitted was good as well it was this um tonally i believe it, they felt it felt like a oh, one one piece but i yeah because I, I normally use apple music and you can't do that and they yeah. can't share playlists and i think i would do it a lot more if i could because it is a really nice way of giving music and receiving it as well. Yeah, and I enjoyed that as a kid, you know, doing tapes with I people. Mean, yeah. Like, that's really, like, how yeah. we used to share music. Definitely. Like Making a mixtape. Making a mixtape. Or just giving... <laughs> I have... Uh, there's just al- albums that friends gave me on tape, and and there's the last two songs, I, until I heard them on... Uh, um, yeah, I can't spoke. I didn't know they even existed because they didn't fit on. <laughs> What's all? All that would cut out halfway through, and it still has that feeling. It's that song is going to cut out. Yeah, I, I love finding playlists on Spotify. Like actually, when we think about doing these this series, I just searched or searched um, Joy playlist. Oh, okay. And I found somebody. Um, I think she's Canadian. She created a massive Joy playlist, and you know I wouldn't have picked all of them, but I would have. I thought, yeah, this is great. I've been listening to it for weeks. So, is, is it in what? Is it like? Are you being bludgeoned by Joy? <laughs> it, no, not at actually? all. No, no, no. She's just put like songs. Disco she's got a lot of The Cure on there, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. and she's got she's got all sorts of things. You know, she's got some Sting. Like not everything I would have picked. She's got some Beatles, but just really nice actually to listen to someone else's choice and yeah. I really, that's a great theme about Spotify. I like quite a lot of ephemeral stuff. So if I go to an exhibition, I love it if they've got a glass cabinet with all the bits of print in there or letters. That's the kind of stuff I really You're interested in people's inspirations and kind of I guess so, and just the... The the, 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 um, process? A bit of the process, but the stuff that's not the big hitters you know mm. when you go see an exhibition and I really like the retrospectives where you see work that wasn't the big stuff and they've or they've done it later on and you go that and you go actually yeah you, you're free you're getting free of that the stuff that everybody knows you for and this is the stuff that I kind of like you spoke a bit about the woods earlier is oh, there anywhere that you any place that you would go that brings you joy um I do like those woods because uh, they're, yeah, they're close <laughs> and they, yeah, they're really good. Mm. Um, I really like uh, Barbara Hepworth's gar- house or garden studio in St Ives. Yeah, it's amazing. It, yeah, and I've been yeah. just lucky enough to be there a couple of times in the winter where I'm on a sunny day and I'm the only person in there. Yeah. And that always feels kind of lucky and special. Mm. And then I always love the Lido, actually. Mm. It's always nice to go, because the, the way the Lido, um, Tomb Raider Lido, where it's laid out, or you come in and if it's a sunny day, the sun is right in front of you, looking like, so you almost, and, it, and you walk down a path which is all covered, so you, it's quite dark, and then you come around the corner and it's like, oh, <laughs> and then it's really cold. And then you leap into the cold water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
they can find me on Instagram, which is instagram.com forward slash supermundane. Or occasionally I started opening my studio on a Saturday. Sometimes open on Saturdays um, from 10 till 1. Very specific, three hours occasionally. Um, but if you look on my website um, or on Instagram, it'll say whether I'm open that weekend. I'm on Havelock Walk, which is just near Forest Hill train station, or the weather spoons, depending on your reference points. Yeah, it's if you go down there, you won't be able to miss me. Um, it's there was actually there's a big mural at the end of the street by me that says hello and goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, if you would like to check us out, we are on Instagram at Portrait of a Londoner. We're on Twitter at The Portrait Podcast. And you can also email us, and our email address is portraitofalondoner at gmail.com. As ever, if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We'd love to hear from you. 